welcome everyone to episode 22 and the Halloween special of Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I am Chris Dredd and I'm here with my main man, JB. Where is he? It's El Gringo Loco. El Gringo Loco, sorry. Uh, oh, shit, son. Uh, obviously, mandatory masks uh, being worn everywhere around the world right now. So that is El Gringo Loco's uh, mandatory mask. He's <laughs> getting into the Halloween spirit. Um, we are a bit late for our Halloween special, um, yeah. but we're yeah. still in the season. I'm sure there's some uh, basic bitches still drinking their pumpkin spice lattes right now. Uh, so we're good. Uh, just drink so, a hot chocolate, man. Just drink a hot yeah. chocolate. Forget your pumpkin nonsense. Just be done with um, it. <laughs> Shit, son. This is so, not an illusion. It is me, JB. I'm going to demolenco yeah. it. and El Gringo Loco, who was trained by um, Limo Rickshaw uh, many years ago in Mexico. Tijuana. What a, what Tijuana. A That's right, baby. That's right. Yeah. So here we are. Halloween special um, in the UK. It is um, fireworks night. Remember, remember the 5th of November. We're around that time. We're a little bit late, but there's still people popping off fireworks and shit. Uh, yeah, so, about 2 a.m. Um, this morning. Some idiot nice. popping off the fireworks. Yeah, shame on them. It's good, man. Good. Nice. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, so, yeah, here we are. Halloween special. How you doing, JB? You all right, bruv? I know we've uh, had to postpone Tough this week, effort. Man. Tough it's week for tough... both of us. Like we we've caught up a little bit here and there. We have we know we're behind, but it's been a hell of a week. We don't want to get into too many details, but I know how mad a week you've had. You know how mad a week I've had. It's yeah, but still, we're here, bro. We're doing the shit, and we, we are we repping moved. the merch as well. Chat grapple and cheap pops podcast t-shirts. Um. Again, yeah, man, uh, before, we... before we start, let me say that the uh, the artwork from was from our good friend Tyrant Tales at Tyrant Tales on Instagram. Follow him, check him out, look at the cartoons, they are hilarious. And of course, the t shirts were printed by treeoflifeframing.com. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, thank you very much to Tree of Life as usual. Again, they will frame you so good, you'll believe you were Kevin Sullivan. But, That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Too easy. Um, there's, there's been a load of uh, shoot interviews with Kevin Sullivan talking about a load of shit. I think it was Hannibal's ones this week. He's been he's done a few with uh, Kev recently. I haven't I haven't managed to catch up with him, but I'm sure they're. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't give anything away. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, here we are, bro. Here we are. We've got some news first. We're gonna. Go over a few bits. Yeah, episode, it's episode 22. There is a bit of news to catch up on. We did miss bits and pieces. Obviously, the world is in a state of crazy right now. Um, the 50 States of Mayhem match that took place on Tuesday was eventually won after about three days by uh, Joe Biden um, for the US well, title. Biden. Yeah, Beijing Biden, Beijing Biden, as we call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty states of mayhem, U.S. title match. It's almost like WCW booked it. Um, it's almost. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden defeated Donald Trump in what maybe some would call controversial circumstances. I'm staying well clear of it. Um, yeah. One word of caution to the world that is celebrating this like it's the greatest thing ever. 
be careful what you wish for, as with any election. That's right. I'm sure people were thinking that, you know, in our latest elections in the UK, be careful what you wish for because, you know, now you have it. That's right. <laughs> so that's as, that's as far as I'm going to go on any sort of politic US stuff. That's right. Because, we ain't saying shit. you know, it's not wrestling, is it? Well, it might as well be. It could be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the time we've had away from our screens, NXT ran their own version of Halloween Havoc, which outscored AEW in the ratings, which was interesting. Um, AEW then decided they were going to end their title tournament. Uh, it would end up being Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. They would fight at full gear, which was technically last night, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, I will stop for a second and we will uh, take a moment to say rest in peace, Tracy Smothers. We haven't yet, we haven't spoke about this yet. No. Um, one of the wild-eyed Southern boys in WCW. He was a two-time Smoky Mountain heavyweight champ. He was Freddie Joe Floyd in the WWF. I mean, it didn't really work out for him there. And then uh, he was in the FBI in uh, ECW. One that was my, a gimmick. Yeah, one of my favourite factions of all time. Um, and Tracy Smothers, um, all-round nice guy. Um, this is, this he, is what I've got, yeah. You know, all-round nice guy. Always one of the first in the arena, working with the young guys in the ring, doing bits and bobs. Um, nothing but... Um, Nothing but love, I think, from people, um, which is, you know, it's, it's nice. But, I mean, he was fucking young, dude. He was young. 50, uh, yeah, 58. You know, that's no age, man. Fuck, I'm 38. Jeez. Again, yeah, it's, he was, you know, known for his incredible generosity with talent, you know, and he, he'll be clearly be missed by everyone that's involved in wrestling. He... um. Yeah, like I said, really generous with the talent. He had, if you go back and look at any of the stories like that people were sharing on Twitter, especially wrestlers, you know, nothing but great things to say about Tracy. So, yeah, Godspeed, man. Yeah. Moving on, AEW Full Gear last night. You said you watched a little bit yourself. I've managed to catch a bit, you know, a few bits here and there. I suppose we can we can spoil it if we want. Spoilers, bro. Spoilers. Yeah. Fuck it, um, man. Like I said I did manage to catch some of it. Uh, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara did the cinematic deletion match, which had a few surprises to say the least. Uh, Gangrel, Chris's favourite wrestler, made an appearance by the uh, well, could it be the swamp or the the reincarnation river? I don't know what they call it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be anything in there. Um, Moxley retained. No, I'm not surprised. Fucking snooze fest, fam. Uh, it was always going to be a brawl, you know, Kingston. Kingston, like I said, we just spoke about this. Kingston, great on the mic, but in the ring, not so much. And what was he wearing? He looked like a, 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 a the Green Power Ranger having a midlife crisis. It was... Yeah, um, working on the bins. It was terrible. He looked like, yeah, like Duke the Dumpster Drosy. Like, what the fuck's going on, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, 
for me, Moxley just he's trying too hard because he has. For me, I know people are going to take the piss, but I don't care. Like for me, he hasn't really got much. He hasn't really got much go, like going really. You know, it's yeah. not. You know, his championship reign is for me has been a snooze fest. It's been too predictable. I'm still sour as fuck that MJF didn't get the title, bro. So. Well, we move to MJF, who does in fact join the inner circle. He did beat Chris Jericho. Um, okay match. I'm not going to say it was great or not the other way. I mean, if you were reading online, you would see, you would hear things like this was the best pay-per-view of 2020 and stuff like that. And I'm, um, mm. you know, most of these people that are saying that are probably paid by AEW. Let's not just like dispute that for a second. Um, yes, there were some good matches, the tag team title match, the Bucks and FTR. The Bucks did win. Um, you know, I'm not known for I'm, I'm I am known for not being a fan. Sorry of the Bucks. You know, super kick here, super kick there. You know, a super kick cool. everywhere. You know, can good for them. Like they won it. It was a good match. So I won't I won't lie. It was it was good fun. It was lots of um, lots of tributes to the past. Let's say lots of uh, yeah moves that weren't their own in both sets. <laughs> so yeah, another decent one. Um, yeah, that was it. It was an okay show, but you know, again, Kenny and Hangman did. They went on first, which was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Kenny Omega won, stared down Moxley at the end of the show. But their next pay per view is not till February, so will they hot shot it for a rating, or will they save it until Feb? I don't think they're going to fucking save it till February. No. They're going to hot shot it for a rating, bruv, and then they can just have a wank fest over that they beat NXT one week. Like, Yeah, that's, sorry. that's my only concern is that they do hot shot it and push it to, you know, a Christmas week or something like that and it save it. Slow build, save it up. You know, weren't the Darby, Darby Allen... Uh, LA match uh, with Cody pretty good as well. Uh, it was okay. I watched. I watched that one as well. Darby and Cody did put on a decent match. Um, it's difficult because Darby is so small, even compared to Cody. It's difficult to to put that together. And you know, like I said, whilst they did a good job, they said it at the end of the end of the match. Your new face of TNT. Darby Allen. Mm. I I don't know. He feels like it could be a short reign. You know who I think should be the next TNT champ, though? You know who I'm going to say. MJF? Yeah, dude. Yeah, if they're because not going to push him to the main event, yeah, he not needs, a bad idea. I think give him a strap, yeah, and let him be the arrogant prick that he is and let him just say, look, you know, the, I'm the one bringing the ratings in, you know? I mean, I'm the one with the him an arrogant prick on the air last night. Yeah, let him be an arrogant prick because that's what he is. Let him be that, you know? Give him give him something to um, be arrogant about, you know, because at the minute he's a bit of a toothless tiger, you know what I mean? Like, they're not really... I mean, all right, he's, he, he beat um, Chris Jericho, but I think they need to... If, if they need to give him circle, so yeah they need to give him something to run with though they it need looks to like give him... it looks like Wardlow and Hager might end up bumping heads they had a nice little stare down at the end of that match but I still think they wasted the whole MJF Wardlow thing with him just being like you know 
a prick to people and Wardlow just battering people, you know. Yeah. They didn't let that run its course for long enough before they got Wardlow in the ring, I think. No, that's, that's fair enough. Um, they're blowing their wad too quickly with angles, is what I would say. That's my... Popping I mean, a number, uh, Popping a number. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's it. They, you know, they, they need to just take their time a little you bit. Know, they, they've got to pop... You know, like, like with... With both companies, they're doing, they've got to pop a number to keep the advertisers happy, and that's fine. But you know, it's a, it's the fans that suffer, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, so, it's a, it's always the way, isn't it? It is. Got to feed the monkey, man. Yeah, that's it. Got to pay the bills. That's right. <laughs> For those that are new to this and haven't already seen us, which feels like we get a similar sort of viewing every week. Um, those that you know do watch us every week, we thank you, and you know where to find us, YouTube, and all the other podcast sites in the world. It feels like, That's right. yeah, we are on everything, man. Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, Castbox, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, um, Listen Notes, Stitcher. Um, we're on all of them, bro. Every single podcast platform available on youtube forward slash chat grappling cheap pops podcast uh jordan's hitting up the twitter and the instagram like a boss um yeah man fucking at chat grapple pops have a little chat with us on twitter um yeah man we're doing it we're doing the thing and we do thank everybody for watching as well because fuck me we are we're enjoying what we do, but it's nice to get a nice regular fat number every week because we are in a very uh, diluted pool of what we would call wrestling podcast video cast. There's so many of them out there and we just really appreciate all the views and the love that we get. And as it's, a, it's another sort of theme based here with Halloween, it is... WCW, Halloween Havoc, 1998, October 25th, which is not quite Halloween, uh, from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. It's an arena I have I have been to before. It is very nice. It's a very like it's, you know, it's in the middle of a bloody hotel. It's plush as hell. Um, this one, number wise, you know, 10,663. Yeah, I can imagine that a few casino players got some free tickets. That usually happens when companies run Vegas. The buy rate is disputed. It's anywhere between three hundred ten thousand and five hundred thousand. So if we were being generous and say four, yeah, I mean we'll, we'll say four. I mean we, you know, cut and split it. the difference. Still a big number. It's a big number, man. And I mean, you look at the card, it's got, um, you know, <coughs> a return match from eight or so years, whatever, down the line of, um, you know, the Warrior and Hogan. And, you know, you've got Goldberg and DDP. You've got Brett the Hitman Hart, um, Stinger. Yeah, the you know, top, you've the, got top line, the three top line matches were good sellers, but... Yeah, man, definitely, man, definitely. I mean, this is where, this is where WCW were famous for making their massive mistake, which... You know, I don't know whether it like you know helps help the downfall or you know it certainly started raising eyebrows. This was the show where WCW would attempt to make the show three and a half hours instead of three, but forgot to tell the paid few companies. Yeah. This is hilarious. So when DDP and Goldberg 
I think you've, I've seen the point, I've seen it online once before, at the point where DDP and Goldberg lock up for the main event, the feed cuts. I mean, how pissed would you be if you've, especially, you know, you've stayed up, you're watching this pay-per-view, it's literally like comedy stuff, man. They lock up, you've had the intro, you've had the walk to the ring, you've had buffer, you know what I mean? You've sat through some shit beforehand as well. Yes, that's right. You're just biting into a pretzel and then it cuts. Boom, gone. Um, Got down. People that paid for it were incensed, demanding refunds. WCW had an encore presentation lined up on the Tuesday night or the Wednesday night. This was to be after Nitro. So in their infinite wisdom, they decided to show the main event on Nitro for free. I mean, which they, pissed off those people that had bought the uh, the encore presentation. Oh, so people, have, so yeah, the encore presentation would have anyone who paid for the pay per view would have get to see it again, yeah, yeah. And you could buy in again if you missed it on the night or you whatever. Could. So yeah, I mean that was a fuck up. And they showed it for free on Nitro. People were, you know, more crazy than they were before, and. Uh, there was a lot of money going out there. A lot of refunds had to be made. A lot of yeah, apologies. So, I mean, that's that's WCW's biggest mistake of the of the evening, out of the way. Um, the, one of their biggest triumphs is the set. Again, yeah, the set is awesome. Dude, I want to know, okay, and anyone out there in internet land, anyone who's there on Twitter or whoever's listening, watching now, I need to know where that gargoyle and pumpkin blow-up thing is right now. I need to know. Someone's got it, all right? Someone has it. A wrestler has it. One of the backstage people has it. I need WWE's lock-up. Bro, I need it. I don't care who's got it, okay? I need to find out. Please put this on Twitter in it's... when we've got this episode. Chris needs to know where the pumpkin and gargoyle blow-up doodar is. Dude, it had smoke coming out of his nose, bro. It's, I need it's, it. It's the Halloween set of dreams. It really is. I need it. I don't care. I need it, it in my is. life. Um, I've I need got to know where it is. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to Halloween Havoc, where the booking will likely make no sense, but the set is awesome. Fuck yeah, dude. The sets are always awesome, man. For whether it's be that's one thing you can't say about WCW that Production they didn't put effort. And sets Amazing. Yeah. Every time. Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heen, and Mike Tanay are your three-man team tonight. No Dusty. That's a shame. Um we are we are treated, and I use that term loosely, to the Nitro Girls dancing. Straight oh, up. you you missed a bit when uh, Heenan puts the mask on and uh, Shivani turns around and he goes, boo, trick or treat. <laughs> He's got this little, like, masquerade mask on. It's fucking yeah. great, man. Uh, this is not your standard pay-per-view start. We have the Nitro Girls dancing. That's the recurring theme for the night. And then Mean Gene starts, opens up with Rick Steiner. Like, no, it's not a match. It's an interview. And it's... I don't know, it doesn't work for me. You know, you get your first match on, you get, you know, the crowd pumped. You don't start with an interview. That's that TV have, show, that is. That's Yeah, I mean, they, they should have done this after the first match. Yeah. Um, they, 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 should, they should have really done it after the first match because, um, in my opinion, the first show. match, was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, they do open with Rick Steiner with Mean Gene. Uh, it is 
you know, it's going to be brother versus brother later on. Um, he's going to teach his brother Scott a lesson. And here comes Buff Bagwell, a newly turned baby face Buff Bagwell. The fans in Vegas are not feeling it. They're, already <laughs> they're not buying it. <laughs> yeah, they're not buying this at all. He's sick of Scott as well. Um, he offers to help Rick tonight. The fans are booing. They already can feel something's, you know, amiss. But we do you get can, a cheap pop from Rick. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, you can tell he's trying to turn face because he's got a couple of cheap pops in there. Yeah. He's like, here in Las Vegas, and he's barking and shit and... Yeah, it's pretty pretty entertaining, man. I mean, Buff's got the stuff. I don't give a shit. Like, Buff is you know, the stuff, that's right. Buff is the stuff, man. He's, he's great. <laughs> Our first <laughs> match of the evening is Raven and Chris Jericho for Chris Jericho's television title. He's the leader of the Jericho-holics, as he's announced. Or at this time, you know, because he has got a belt, he's Le Champion. He is, man. He's... um. <laughs> He's great as well. He's just oozing charisma. He is um, oozing arrogance. You know, he's coming down to the ring, kissing and thank you. You know, people are booing him and shit. It's, uh, it's, it's great. Jericoholic signs and stuff, you know. It's yeah, this is peak. Blah, blah, blah. This is peak Jericho, bro. This is peak Jericho, you yeah, know. It, and, um, very much so. It's Jericho as a, as a cocky, you know, Cocky prick. He's a cocky champion. Yeah, well, yeah, cocky right. prick. Yeah, we just spoke <laughs> about that. Um, Raven complains that his losing streak isn't his fault. Um, terrific booking. You put Raven on a losing streak. Uh, yeah. I don't know whose idea that was. Someone must not have liked him that well. We would later find out it was Eric Bischoff. But yeah, um, Chris Jericho then gets on the mic. You know, gets his own cheap pop in about Vegas. Jericho-holics in Las Vegas, That's yeah. Right. And uh, he baits Raven into taking the match because Raven said he had no notice on the match. He wasn't, you know, going to take part. And Jericho decides to bait him into it. And, uh, yeah, so this is, this is a good start. Yes, it's, it's quite good. Um. You know, Raven sells it quite well as well. You know, he's sitting in the corner and saying, look, this is an unscheduled match. I don't want to wrestle tonight. I can't be bothered. You know, fuck it. And he gets out and he walks off, you know. And then yeah. Jericho gives it, you know, the arrogance again. and goes, oh, you know, I really wanted to um, have a match against the icon that is Raven, you know, and all this kind of shit and goes him back. But it's all, it's a good little start, you know. And it's, um like I say, I think this is a, a pretty good match all in all. Um Raven uses the steps, the ring steps to, you know, springboard, drop kick. Jericho is really good stuff. One moment that looks a little bit hairy. Uh, Jericho goes from the apron to the ringside to get to, uh, sorry, Jericho goes ringside to the apron. Well, from the apron. I'm, I'm fucking up already. Yeah. <laughs> Put me on Botchamania already, damn. That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, ends up going head first into the uh, barricade. Unprotected, doesn't even get time to put his hands up. Raven That's sort nice. of just sidesteps. He seems okay. He seems he seems fine to carry on. Um, Jericho exposes a turnbuckle, and then uh, Raven's one that uses it. It's you're not really sure who the babyface is in this. True. And again, it's that question of dodgy booking. Well, you've and, you, and you've also got. 
they keep mentioning that Raven in previous matches um, has been tapping out really quick, like he doesn't care. So he's he, like he's giving up. Like so, you know, he, he's um, you know, I don't know what they're trying to sell there. They're trying to make him look weak. Yeah. Basically, it's all I can deduce from that that they're trying to make him look like a pussy. But Jericho does put on the Lion Tamer or the Walls of Jericho, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And Raven does fight it and get to the ropes, which is, you know, the fans really like it. The fans are into it. Yeah. Um, Raven hits the uh, the even flow DB, uh, DDT. Again, Don't they call it the Raven, the Raven Claw or something. Uh, Raven effects. Yeah, uh, like yeah. I don't know what they call it in WCW, but fans again, you know, pop for a DDT and a, and a two count. It's you know, it's good stuff. Mm. Um, who better than Canyon to turn up to spoil the fun? <laughs> we like Canyon. We like Canyon we like on this Canyon. show. We do. Um, and then. Yeah, Raven does tap quickly to the Lion Tamer in the second go, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. I felt that this match probably could have gone on another five minutes. <clears throat> uh, yeah. <clears throat> considering what we've got later on, it definitely could have gone on another five minutes. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of, lot of time wasting later on in various... Speaking forms. of time wasting, Hogan and Bischoff are here. They come out to the uh, entranceway to explain why Hogan hit his nephew Horace last week and the war he says that the warrior will know exactly what Hogan's about for I life. Think, I think we know what I think we know what Hogan's about, brother. Yeah. Um, no no but, Jack Tony to complain to tonight. No, there ain't. <laughs> um I mean because JJ Dillon won't hear it. Um <laughs> basically you you've got Hogan and Bischoff coming out and Hogan kissing Bischoff on the, on his head. Yeah, um, he'll move that real heel. Oh yeah, proper. Um, and to be fair, and I'm going to be fair to him, when he came out, 1998 Hogan still looks pretty good at this point. Um, he he'd revamped, yeah, you know, he'd revamped his career from the red and yellow. Um, he, the NWO had come out, um, and we've got some. Uh, can I try a bit of merchandise now? Let's do it. Let's do it. Get it. Get it out. So. What I have here, this is one box of many that I have, and they are NWO, WCW, Tops cards from around 98. And they're sealed packets. I've got bloody loads of them. And one packet, you got Goldberg. And then on other packets, you've got Hollywood Hogan. There he is. Right there. Brother. Brother. Um, we've got some uh, opened ones as well. So we've got a few here. You know, you've got the red and black. So we've got Conan. We've got uh, Kaz Hayashi. We've got Giant. Oh, we've got the man, the legend that is Rick Rude. Rick Rude. You know, Macho Man Randy Savage. Psychosis. Rick Flair, and these come with stickers as well. So you've got some stickers. Uh, there's the man that comes up later on, Diamond Dallas Page. So these cards are they're they're pretty um they're pretty rare if I'm honest to find them uh, in sealed packets. Yeah. So I've got a load that I've opened, um, and they're in minty condition, and I've also got a shed load that are 
still wrapped in the uh, in the packet. I have uh, a, I have an unopened pack myself upstairs, which uh, Chris graciously passed to me. This was during lockdown one, wasn't it? It was down lockdown <laughs> one. Now we're in lockdown two. The revenge. Lockdown three is going to be a banger. Oh shit, man! <laughs> Third time lucky. Are we going to have like three cameras, like uh, war games? Oh hell no! Don't 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 do this to me. This is a this was an extra camera free show. It was. It yeah. was. Um, so that's part one of the merch anyway. So as soon as we're talking about Hogan, the NWR, I thought I would uh, flash up some of my uh, sealed NWO tops cards. Now, we cut we cut to another. Our next match literally has no backstory to it. Um, it's Meng. I mean, against Wrath. This yeah. is not a pay per view match. Yeah, this is um, it is a bit of a, a like a building match for oh, Raf, really, or yeah, a bit. Well, I mean, how can you squash Meng though? You it's um, you cannot squash Meng. Like, I'm not having that. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, um, obviously they're trying to build up Adam Bomb, uh, aka Raf. Um, yeah. Um, Brian Clark from Chronic. Yeah. Um, correct. Yeah, you know, if you're trying to remember the gimmicks, yeah, Adam Bomb, he was the Night Stalker. Uh, yeah, Wrath and any others can we can remember? Uh, yeah. No. No, I think that might be it. Um, nice cannonball from the apron, though, from Wrath. Yeah, me. I've got that as one. It's like a forward roll cannonball thing onto Meng, yeah. He, he is pretty jacked, but he is, he is a distant, you know, distant placing in tonight's ICO Pro Award. Yeah. He's he's on the shakes. He's he's pumping the iron, but he's yeah he's not going to win this. No, um, not he tonight. A, he hits a rock bottom. It's it's a rock bottom. That's all I can think of it as uh, yeah. for a two count. And he also hits the and he hits the meltdown, which is a pump handle slam, I guess. Yeah. See the the meltdown. Surely even the name comes from Adam Bomb's character. It does. It's a bit weird. It's the meltdown because obviously the nuclear reactor they have yeah. meltdowns, you know, and it is it's just weird when they called it that. I was like, surely they could have called it, you know, the, the you know, I don't bloody know something else, you know. Um, wasn't Raf first? We covered another show where he came down and he had a mask on, he beat up Glacier, yeah, and he beat up Glacier, but and it also there was another one where Chris Canyon. Was it under a mask as another character? Mortis, yeah, Mortis, yeah, Mortis. Mortis and Glacier, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mortis and Glacier, and then he and then Raf came down and got involved in that. That is uh, on one of our previous shows that you can catch in our archives on YouTube. I get, I get the look. feeling. Yeah, it was uh, what is? Yeah, it was obviously a WCW event, but yeah, it should have been a Halloween havoc. Let's be honest; they were playing trick or treat, you know, all year round. Yeah, dude. But, um, <laughs> we we skip backstage after this really quickly to. Uh, the, Who wins? Wrath um, uh, hit the meltdown, yeah, for the win. Oh, right, right that's right. Um, there was a nice part where Wrath um, was trying to smack Meng's head into the uh, turnbuckle and, and Meng was just doing no, it himself, basically that's, saying... That's a silly you know, thing to do. I would never right. do that. But yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Wrath wins, hits the meltdown. Boom. We we go back to our... And this is great. It's our internet location. And hence the way I'm saying it, because it's just internet location what does that mean it's where the computers are bro it's where ah. the computers are isn't it um billy kidman <laughs> is with 
the man, the myth, the legend, Lee Marshall, a.k.a. Tony the fucking Tiger. Tony the Tiger. Yeah. He's great. Um, that is, I mean, that was a revelation when I found out a few years back. You know, Lee Marshall was the voice of Tony the Tiger. Like, so if you've ever seen a Frosty's advert in the UK, you've heard him. You've heard Tony the Tiger. Lee Marshall. Um, <laughs> there's no real interview. They just sort of like bantering over it about Kidman, like with Kidman and like, because it is the number one contenders match next up for the Cruiserweight Championship. It's Juventud Guerrera against Disco Inferno. Yep. yep. The winner of the match meets Kidman later on in the night. Now, I, I, made, I put this point in before the, uh, before the announcer said it. Disco looks a little heavy to be a Cruiserweight. Yeah, he's 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 pretty uh, he's pretty jacked himself. Yeah, but he's, on, he's, the, um, he's on the limit. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a little botch at the beginning. It's Disco Inferno's fault. Um, there's a lot of <clears throat> announcer talk in this that you tend you can't really miss because they're so they're so passionate about it. Saying Disco Inferno is not serious enough, and that he doesn't, you know, too much dancing, too much prattling around. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a fair point. He does tend to start shaking the hips and throwing his arms up in the air when he does one or two moves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even, even the fucking <laughs> Macarena. He even hits the Macarena. But, um, I mean, I think Disco, um, he, I mean, he wasn't too bad in this match, to be honest. I mean, his character is that kind of arrogant, dickhead, um, kind of guy um obviously he's called disco fever so he's gonna do the occasional um yeah. you know boogie woogie um yeah I'm, I, I thought he was i thought he was pretty good in this match and he to be fair to him he has two pretty tough matches um on the card and he he does pretty well i think i mean i, I what was we watching uh, disco inferno in one of our previous episodes we were watching disco inferno versus dean malenko and uh you know, they, they gave Inferno a bit of credit there where he was quite tough. Well, it seems like they gave Disco quite a few chances to get over in the ring. But I guess the, whole Disco, the, the gimmick seemed to come before the matches. Yes, it's, yeah, it's true. Um, like, I mean, we had, we had the conversation about Malenko not selling for him as well, he which didn't enough. help. He sold nothing. He sold, <laughs> Literally he sold, sold plenty him. for him. That was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's, it's the thing with serious, serious wrestlers, you know, getting in the ring with a disco dancing guy. It's like... <laughs> they didn't want to give him no... It, that's probably it. They probably didn't want to give him anything. Yeah. Uh, Hoovy gives him plenty, though, in this. Yeah, I like there Hoovy a, as well. There was a funny spot. Uh, disco gets uh, Hoovy in for the... I guess it would be for our later viewers, the Cesaro spin. Uh, where he spins around. He only spins, does three rotations and then puts him yeah. down because he's dizzy. I thought that was funny and hokey at the same time, you know. It was good. I like the He spot. spins and, and all of a sudden he's like, he's wobbling and it's like, oh, come on, man. Like, <laughs> um, And then he falls and lands on Hoovy's... Yeah, um... He falls in his, in his dizzy state and lands on uh, poor old Hoovy's uh, giggle berries. Um, right. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah, Disco hits him with a pile driver for the win. It's yeah, I don't know. Like, I, doesn't feel like it was a good match. It 
for me, it just, again, I would have preferred to have seen Hoovy and Kidman, but I'm not sure many people would have argued with that, but I mean, you might, you might have something else to say on it. No, I mean, I, I, like I say, I, I, Disco Inferno is someone who I love and I hate at the same time. Um, he, honestly, he's, he's one, I think he was pretty good worker. Um, you know, he could have, he, he could have done a bit more. And I, I think, I mean, what what other gimmick could have Disco Inferno been that wouldn't have taken over his career so much? You know, I think maybe if he would have had um, a different kind of heelish character, um, maybe I could have seen him as like, um, like a model Rick Martel kind of guy. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, maybe. A, a bit more of an arrogant kind of, cocky heel in that sense rather than the the comedy aspect of it. I think yeah, it, it no, was... I uh, no, I get that. He could have he could have gotten a little bit more serious. A little bit more you know, if yeah, you're chasing I'm... a championship, you know, the gimmick isn't always necessary. But I mean, yeah. but that's what happens when you have a specific kind of gimmick, especially with a name like Disco Inferno. You know, you can't really. I mean, he did later on uh, become Hip Hop Inferno. Remember? And he would come. Yeah, I know. Uh, for people who aren't watching us right now, Jordan's got his head in his hands. Um, if if people remember Hip Hop Inferno, he would come down in basketball shorts and a, a basketball vest, and he became Hip Hop Inferno, which was, uh, I mean, worse than Disco Inferno, to be fair. But he, he couldn't really. There's nothing you can really do once you're called Disco Inferno. There's not nowhere to really fucking go. Where can you know? It's it's the Bee Gees or Shaka Khan. You know what I mean? It's where can you go? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I... Which is a shame because I think with a different kind of gimmick that could have been switched up to be a bit more serious, I think he could have done well because Just he, a little you know, bit. He didn't have to go super serious. He could still dance at the beginning. Yeah. He could still maybe chuck in a macarena at the beginning as well. But yeah, don't don't keep going to the turnbuckle and shaking your hips and stuff like. Doesn't work, but. We'll move. Yeah. Um, but we'll give right. him. I'll give him credit. I do give him credit because I, I. I mean, he wasn't a bad worker at all. He could work in no. the ring, definitely, hundred percent. Nitro girls are back out. Um, yep. Quicker they're out, the better. Really, like just you know, they do their thing, move on. The, <laughs> but they're talking. The commentary booth, on the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> seems to be a little too into it. <laughs> like, sit down, Tony. Like Uncle Jerry had turned up. That's right, and then you've got Heenan going. Will you guys shut up? <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's uh, it's almost yeah. It's sort of like uh, Tony Schiavone and Mike Tanay are getting a bit, a bit, a bit too excited. Um, right. Scott Steiner comes out. He does his uh, he does his catchphrase. Um, that is not a Roy Walker uh, segue. I know you're a big <laughs> fan of Roy Walker. But... I've I've met Roy Walker, and I you remember. know what? I'm actually going to give. Um, the picture of myself and Roy Walker. Um, for all our American fans, you will have no fucking idea who Roy Walker is. Um, I don't even know if they even have catchphrase in, in the States. Let's be honest, Roy Walker was a legend of TV game show catchphrase in the UK in the 90s. I mean, what a host he was. Dude, when I was at university, right, he used to come to our uni and host 
things of a night. So like in Freshers Week, you'd have Roy Walker. That's where I met him. He'd just Jeez. been at the uni watching rugby and he was pissed off his nut. And he came into my shop when I was working in the shop and I sold him a rain jacket for like 150 quid. And he was he was tipsy as shit. He was a Thanks lovely so bloke. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's got that Mr. Chips money. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, I'll post a picture. I'll give it to Jordan. He can post it up of me and Roy Walker so our American fans can have a look and see who he is and our British fans Check can Check out the highlights on YouTube. I'm sure there's plenty. Yeah, man. Um, he was... He was almost condescending if someone got a re- gave a really stupid answer as well, which was always yeah. good. Um, Great stuff. This is where our interview goes a little bit wild. Um, Scott Steiner, who is not a tag team champion, offers Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell a tag team title shot. Who were the champs at this point? They were in the NWO. It was Giant, Giant- and Scott Hall. That's right. Giant and Scott yeah. Hall were tag team champions at the minute. And you know what's funny? Big Papa Pump, man, he's, he, when he comes out and does his spiel, he says, I've got a freak on my right, a, f- a freak on my left, a freak on my right, and one in a box. And I, I was like... I don't like, know I what to, that means, man. I had to rewind it. I'm like, is it, what is he saying? Because he was saying, yeah, we're in Las Vegas, the city that never sleeps, but Big Papa Pump, I've been partying hard I'm with a freak on my left, a freak on my right, and one in a box. And I'm like... Is he fucking maybe it's a, maybe it's a Penn and Teller magic show reference? I don't know. Like no, maybe he's Zed from uh, Pulp Fiction, and he's got like bring out the gimp. Like <laughs> what the the gimp is sleeping? Where you can have to wake him up? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just didn't know what to make of it. He's got a freak in a box. Okay, we've gone from we've gone from Roy Walker to bring out the gimp. It's like, it's like big papa pump you know um, jj like, dylan confirms this this tag team title offer but also wants scott to face rick for 15 minutes if rick and buff win sweet lord that's a lot to comprehend um <laughs> next I'll, we're just going to skip to our next match because there's a bit behind it as well it's fit finley uh, against alex wright the uh, other dancing man now, this was meant to be British Bulldog against Alex Wright. Right. But apparently, according to a few people who were there and maybe confirmed it, Davey was in no condition to perform. That's a shame. It um, is a shame. Um, I mean, we, we, we hear stories um, of, of Davey Boy Smith... Um, that I mean, even Cornette's got a story about when he he turned up at a hotel and he couldn't speak, and you know he had to send him. There was no rooms at the hotel, and Corny managed to get him a, a room at another hotel or whatever. Yeah. And you know, but he was literally incoherent, couldn't speak. He'd been on the the somas or whatever, you know. Um, so I said, I mean, it's a shame because Davy Boy Smith. I mean, as, as a in America as a character in the UK, I still remember when I was a kid, dude, one of my most vivid and amazing memories was David Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, opening our local blockbuster video, dude. No way. Yeah, dude, he came to fucking, at that time I was living in a a town called Welling Garden City, if people know. So I was living in Welling Garden City and um, he opened the local 
blockbuster video store and to see the british bulldog in 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 person like was just fuck man mind blown dude this was like at the height like 90 we're talking like 92 like peak bulldog bro you know and he was you know it was braids it was tassels it was sequins you know fuck he opened up the blockbuster yeah uh, again, there's something that people won't probably know much about Blockbuster. I mean, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, something that sadly doesn't, is not around anymore, Blockbuster video, I guess. Um, Blockbuster video. And you could also, you could rent out and hire these, like, consoles. So you could hire a SNES or a Mega Drive or whatever, or an N64 for the weekend and a couple of games. And then, you know, I've actually got, um, a Super Nintendo that is an ex-rental from Blockbuster Video in the carrier case and everything. Jeez. Oh, yeah, dude. That's something we need to uh, put a picture up of as well. I think uh, people would like <laughs> yeah, to see that. Um, so, yes, yeah, Fit Finley, Alex Wright. It's meant to be Bulldog and Alex Wright. But the, um, I made a joke at the beginning here of, of my note saying the huge matches continue. And I was wrong. Because this actually has a story base behind it. It does. And it's based behind Fit Finley breaking the leg of Alex Wright's dad, Steve. Now that, you know, that's, that's some long-term continuity. I'll give him that for a change. The fans chant boring. Or I'm sorry, I say, use the term fans. I, use, I should say the Philistines of Vegas shout yeah. boring at this European masterclass. Yeah, I mean... Um... That they could both definitely wrestle. Um, the uppercuts were fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, and Steve Wright, his dad, could wrestle as well. Um, there's also, there's a match on YouTube. You can check it out. And it's Steve Wright versus Fit Finley from um, 1990. Um, I'm not sure what federation it is, um, but I believe it's in the UK because... Uh, Alex Wright is like half he's like half German half English I think okay um, so his dad's English and his, his mum I assume is German um, I'm actually trying to get hold of Alex Wright at the minute I didn't tell you before but um, I'm actually trying to get hold of him to come on and do an interview because he's one of these characters that I mean Alex Wright was in WCW from Pretty early on. Like 94, 95, yeah. Yeah, like from pretty early on, you know. And he, he, that's Wonderkid. Yeah, that's, that's Wonderkid, you know what I mean? And he came out to uh, the Techno Rave Party, oh. um, you know, and the, just the he dancing. Would seen, he would have seen a lot of shit as well. Yeah, dude, you know, and it's like, I'd really like to get hold of him for an interview, but um, I don't want to, I shouldn't have really said it on here because someone's going to try and snatch our idea, but... Um, yeah, more than likely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's... There is, is there it, is that match, Steve it, Wright versus Fit Finley on YouTube, if you want to catch it. This is this is good. Um, it's not long. Again, it's it's another short match. It's almost like a TV match, which bugs me for pay-per-views. Like, don't stick your TV matches on your pay-per-views. It just pisses fans off. Um, Alex Wright wins with a neckbreaker, which was a bit of a surprise to everyone in the arena, including the commentators. Yeah, I mean... Um, Seems like an upset. Yeah, it, I mean, do you think... Um, it, do you think that the, the the bulldog he would have been going over bulldog as well then, Alex Wright? Quite possibly. Um, 
I mean, do you think there was what was the story between Bulldog and and Wright? There maybe that oh the Bulldog wrestled his dad in the UK and maybe. gave him an injury. I, I don't remember there being a story behind that either. You know, there may have been. They did find Alex the story. Wright. We'll ask you when we get you on the show. All right. They lucked into the story with Fit Finley and Alex Wright. Um, so yeah, Alex Wright wins it with a neck breaker. Lee Marshall, uh, Tony the Tiger is with Ernest Miller at the uh, internet location. Ernest Miller cuts off a brilliant piece of uh, promo by saying he's 5-0 and with overweight fans in WCW. So funny, man. Yeah, terrific. <laughs> and and he, keeps, he keeps saying these, these taglines of other people. So he's like, uses the baddest man on the planet or something. Yeah, he's, he's like, yeah. He's using other people's like catchphrases and uh, like and outside of, outside of, um, yeah wrestling as well like <clears throat> saying that he's the real deal and like that's right the real deal is... to not know who Evander Holyfield is and it's, that's it's right cool. it's funny I I do like the cat Ernest Miller um great I, I great really do he's great he's great on the mic and I still remember um when he kept saying oh James Brown's gonna be here James Brown's gonna be here and he was saying it for weeks and weeks and weeks and um everyone was just like yeah yeah whatever you know and then literally one week, James Brown actually did turn up, didn't he? Yeah, and they never advertised it. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely yeah. fucking crazy. Um, and here we can see um, Ernest Miller's WCW card. He is the three-time World Karate Champ. Also known as the Cat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our next match is... Uh, it's a, Oh, man, it's a squash. It's Lodi... Formerly Lodi for, uh, from the flock, you know, the idiot. I that did enjoy this. Signs. Yeah. Um, he's taking on Saturn, who's got a slightly different look this this week or this this show. He's got his uh his army hat, his army ranger hat on and stuff. Um looking like Guile from fucking Street Fighter. Well that's it, yeah. It was uh, I think I think <laughs> it was probably a little sneaky tribute. Uh Lodi chases off chases after someone that took his signs. Um, you know this match is falling apart already when he's chasing after the person who nicked his signs. I thought it was great, man. I, I thought it was great. I, I have a question. Why is he on this pay-per-view? Uh, it, well, it, again, it's it's another match that could have quite easily been on TV. Um, it, it should have really been on TV if they were trying to build up Saturn. It's one of them squashes that yeah. You know, it should have just guess. been on, on TV. But they could have squashed him on TV with a bigger audience, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, yeah, it's paid for you squash. Uh, it's a Death Valley driver for the win. There's not much else to go on here, I'm afraid. I, I did like it when he was saying, no, they come back. With the, they need to stay here. These the signs are very important. Yeah, I found it quite entertaining. But it was, um, you know uh, who Lodi reminded me of a little bit with the chops? Go on. Lash LaRue. Remember Lash LaRue? Yeah, Lash, uh, Lash LaRue was, was WCW in like 1999-2000. Yeah. I like Lash LaRue. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have a quick recap of Buff Bagwell sort of turning on Scott Steiner. I When I watched it back, I remember I didn't... It wasn't a full turn, was it? Let's be honest. He just sort of no. chased him off. Nitro Girls back out dancing. Uh, Tony and Mike... You know, I've lost some fluids, I reckon. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say. It's it's not a great uh 
two times were different, shall we say. Yeah, man. I mean, this is 22 years ago. Like, this yeah. is, is it a bit... I mean, fucking how mad is it to say that 1998 was 22 years ago, though? <sighs> Makes me feel old, man. I was 11. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, after the Nitro Girls, it is... Uh... Well, if you thought the booking was bad already, Disco Inferno's back. He is. For us, Disco for us the run of Disco. Yeah. Disco taking on our world cruiserweight champion. There it is. For those who can't see it, it is the cruiserweight title, my cruiserweight title, that I paid about £70 for way back when. You're talking 2006 or five or something. I'll take that off you one day. We'll have a match. <laughs> I am no longer a cruiserweight. This is a, <laughs> no, it's just, for, uh, just for historical purposes. Um, I remember it, coming to your house once years ago and you showing me that. When, like, you know, I'm not talking like it's got to be over 10 years ago, bro. Yeah, a long time. Long, long time ago. When I come round to, I think you were living in a flat. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, geez, yeah, in the flat. Damn. How many years ago was that? You're looking at, yeah, about, this is probably about 11, 12 years ago. Yeah, I yeah. remember coming round and seeing the belt, man. <laughs> the, Shit. The title belt. Should have taken it from you then. Just give you a quick stunner or something in your front room. But let me move that to the <laughs> side. Uh, he's one of my more prized possessions in in wrestling sort of history. I am, um, yeah. That's uh, that's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you pry from my cold dead fingers, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it is Disco and Kidman. Um, this match is better than the uh, the one Disco was involved in earlier. I like this match a lot. Kidman seems to be carrying a lot of the load, um, doing what he can to get this match over. I wouldn't say it was anything fancy, just good wrestling. Yeah, 100% yeah. agree. Good wrestling. And it does show that Inferno can, can work. Um, you know, and like you say, Kidman, I mean, I do rate Kidman. I think there was, um, there was a show where he had maybe three matches on the card. I don't know if we covered that event. Where, where he had three sure. bloody matches and one of them was against Hogan. It was like a retirement match against fucking Hogan. Um, it's crazy, yeah. And um, Kidman, yeah. It's um, it's a good match. I, I really, uh, I thought it was pretty good. There was one great part in it that actually made me laugh as well, where Disco Inferno is, is beating Kidman. He's kicking him in the corner and then he gets in his face and he goes, Kidman, turn the music down. Yes, mom. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it was a bit weird. It was just great. Um, Kidman is rocking jean shorts. Now, this is 1998. This is a good like four or five years before the man that nobody can see, John Cena, ever put the jean shorts on. Who wore them better? Uh, well, Raven was also wearing them as well. Yeah, Ravens were always pretty tatty, though. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about a nice, neat pair of jean shorts. These were Tommy Hilfiger. Um, yeah, they were Tommy Hilfiger ones. Uh, I actually clocked that because uh, Kidman's worn them a few times. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, um, John Cena had been hitting the Ico Pro a bit more than Kidman. Had he ever. Uh, you know, and, you know, it's hard to say who wore them better because you can't see... John Cena, so it'd be difficult to, you know. So, shall we say Kidman? 
Yeah, we're going with Kidman. There we we're... go. <laughs> Kidman, uh, there's the spot where uh, Kidman bounces. Uh, I think it's uh, Disco goes into the corner of like face first, bounces back, and Kidman does that sort of rebound clothesline. Really good spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does. He does. Uh, Disco hits the pile driver for a two. It's it's much better than than the first out that Disco had, and you know I'll give I'll give them both credit. I'll say Disco pulled his weight in this one. He uh, did. He's man. a he did. star press for the win. Yeah, a yeah, really probably. sorry, a really good shooting star press. That if you look at it, he as well. He didn't even touch Disco. No, not doesn't. even not even a bloody feather. Like it, I mean, I. That would be lovely to work with Kidman. You know, I'm pretty he, sure... He, he was... does knock out Chavo when they do something in the WWE, doesn't he? He does, yeah, actually. Yes, yes, yes. It's a bit of, bit of a missed time, yeah. But that's a... You know, it happens, one in, man. One in how many, like... Is... Yeah, man, that's the thing. When you're when you're doing them kind of moves all the time, you know, you're going to have a, a split second off every now and again. But, yeah. you know, in general, uh, you know... Wrestling is a dangerous business, man. I mean, even, you know, punching, elbow strikes, you know, boots to the midsection, you know, little innocuous little things. Like, um, well, dude, I did once. I broke Max, not the Hulk Hogan's finger. Um, I did, right? Doing the most innocuous thing ever. It was, um, you were know, the you, one... Two, were you three... reenacting the finger poke of doom? It was he was yeah, and he, he just broke it on my solid chest. Uh, he will disagree with you, and I know he's listening to this. Um, but for, yeah. sorry, before I, before we continue, what I've just figured out here, I've just found this. Like I'm hearing this story for the first time. From what I can tell, is that Chris had had an Ico Pro shake, probably a white chocolate one, just beforehand. Poor Max went in for the finger poke of doom, instantly crushes his finger. On the chest. You have to call the match off, Chris wins. Done. Well, you know, it was funny, right? We didn't even call the match off. And to his credit, Max, not the Hulk Hogan, carried on wrestling for another at least eight minutes afterwards with a broken finger. Um, and it was it was pretty savage. He got the chains out and started uh, battering me. But it was a really innocuous thing. I kind of threw him up against the ropes kind of thing. He was coming towards me. And you know the one, two, three kids spinning back kick thing? Just across the chest. The How do you know to hurt your finger doing that? Well, he no, he put his hands up like a punk bitch. And, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> and I kicked his fingers. I'm sorry, Max, but he did. Um, but yeah, it was just something like that that can happen in wrestling, you know, and you end up with a couple of broken fingers. But to his credit, he, um, he carried on wrestling uh, with broken fingers and... Uh, he did his did his thing. So yeah, shit can happen in wrestling. Credit credit where like credit's that. due, Max. You you warrior. He is a warrior, dude. He is he's the man. And there's I tell you, there's not many people with a better uh, spine buster than Max, not the Hulk Hogan. I will say that. Oh, I, I, if there's footage, we'll be glad to see it. Oh yeah, there's plenty of footage, and uh, he he can for damn sure dish out spine busters. Let's uh, let's uh, let's get some footage up. We'll uh, people will want to see <laughs> that for sure. Um, tag team title match, which only has one half of the champions in it, is up next. It is our Ico Pro Award winner. I mean, sweet lord, he is the winner. Scott Steiner, big Papa Pump, 
the big bad booty daddy. Um, <laughs> it still makes me laugh that name every time the big bad booty daddy it just kills me <laughs> he comes up with the giant who is actually a champion the giant is smoking he's got a cigarette on the go he does it quite a bit around this time coming yeah, out with cigarettes on the go I think he at flicks this time it up, he's, buff. he's lost a little bit of his speed and his lean sort of abilities he has packed on a few pounds and yeah, smoking and drinking, that's what it'll do to you. They're taking on Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell. Buff is the stuff. He is looking pretty good as well. Uh, fuck, man. The fans knew this was coming. And do I even have to say it? Swerve, bro. Swerve, swerve bro. Buff lays out Rick and then leaves. He don't, I mean, he doesn't just lay him out. He fucking, he, he, he lays him out and then literally runs off. Like he, he like runs up the literally runs away. Yeah. He um Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um they mention as well, and this is also on YouTube on the WWE's channel, where you've got um Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner talking with uh, Chucky from Child's Play. Yeah, doesn't he offer him a match? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a crazy little bit of footage and that, that's available on YouTube or whatever. And just type in Big Papa Pump, uh, Scott Steiner, Chucky, and you'll see a, a quite a funny little video. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so Rick's been laid out by Buff. Buff leaves. Scott kicks Rick low, um, right between the legs. There's it, too many low blows in this match, dude, as in well. In this show. Yeah. In There's the too show. many low blows. Like, uh, carries on later on. They mention, is it? Are they legal now, or something? No, I don't think they are. I think they've just relaxed the rules, like the over-the-top rope rule and stuff like that. Right, because they were talking about um, re- about relaxing certain rules and that, and the low blow one. They need to revisit it or whatever because because yeah, it's it's a stupid. It's ridiculous the amount of nut shots that's going on <laughs> in this man. It's yeah, fucking say, crazy. Nut shots everywhere. It um, is, man. I'm surprised Rick Stein is going to have balls that are purple by the end of that. The fans want to they want to cheer for Rick, but the booking is pretty poor in this match. Um, the giant goes to the top rope, and he at this point is apparently over five hundred and fifty pounds, mm. and hits a missile drop kick. Rick moves and he hits Scott, and it look is a big fucking missile drop kick. Oh, dude, and I tell you what, Scott's bump on this is just fucking insane. Yeah. And the, the, like he goes flying backwards, and then he's like hanging upside down, like with his legs caught in the rope and his neck all twisted up, and that is incredible. I love it. He sells it like a king. Um, Rick hits a top rope bulldog on the giant for three. New tag team champion. Rick Steiner, big pop as well. I'll give him that. They, the fans really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, they liked Rick it. Gets his fifteen minutes with Scott, and oh yeah, here we go. Um, the fans are into this. They really want to see Rick. Rick get at Scott because it's been. I mean, he turned heel on him in February, and we're in October. So yeah, there's there's a there's a really great there. sign that says Scott Weiner as well, which I liked. Um, <laughs> but in this in this segment alone. In this, it doesn't go to 15 minutes. Um, there's four low blows. Yeah. That's two, that's four too many. Uh, Rick hits the uh, incredible like power slam that he does 
always good on Scott. Uh, there's a fan at ringside beating up security. <laughs> a man in a suit with a mask. Who was the mask? It looked like Jay Leno. Speaking mark. of dodgy presidents, it was Bill uh, Who was it? Bill Clinton. It was a Bill Clinton mask, yeah. right. It was either Jay Leno or Bill Clinton, I was going to say, yeah. Um, whilst uh, everyone's distracted by this Bill Clinton beating up security, I mean, what terrible fucking security have they got on the go? <laughs> um, Stevie Ray, part of the NWO, comes out to help Scott, Ste- Scott Steiner, hits him with the slapjack. Your guess is uh, well, yeah, no, Looks yeah, like a shoehorn. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, like I said, it does look like a shoehorn to me. But... So it's like a slapjack, yeah. It's like yeah. Um, two bits of leather that are like, you know, clapped up, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Anyone out there knows what a fucking slapjack is, please let us know in the comments um, below. <laughs> Stevie Ray uses said slapjack on Rick and the ref for some reason. Why does he hit the ref? Um Uh, Buff Bagwell gets in, he uses, he gets the ref's arm and starts working the count for three, but Rick kicks out, um, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah. Um, He hits a bulldog on Scott and a new referee comes in and counts the three. And that's it. Like, I just, for for Rick to get his his payoff on Scott, I mean, it's pretty shit. Oh, it's terrible. But. Because it weren't really a payoff. No, he didn't. It, it was. To, I mean, he walks off with a three count and purple nuts. Um, oh, all right, and the tag team titles, yeah. and the tag team titles. But who's his partner? You know, is it Buff Bagwell? I honestly can't remember who he picked. <laughs> yeah, um, we get a decent video promo on Hall and Nash. Um, yeah, very good. The outsiders. Um, this is where things are a little bit like bad for me. They're doing the Scott Hall's drunk gimmick. Um, yeah. And I've got here, knowing how much some of these guys in wrestling love to party, especially in this era, and maybe like some of those 80s, late 80s guys, was Vegas the best place for a pay-per-view? <laughs> well, for, for, for the wrestlers and the, and the boys, probably fuck yeah, man. Oh, it's yeah, probably yeah. the best place, you know, but... Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good video package, and they are selling this um, Scott, Scott Hall drunk gimmick. Um, he talks about it in talks about it on uh, in a Stone Cold podcast as well about how they were, you know, going with this gimmick, and he he wasn't a hundred percent sold on it, but um, they they went with it anyway because, as he said as well, he said he was never. He would never drink before he went in the ring. You know what I mean? So he he would never endanger uh, the safety of anyone he was working with. But I mean, in this gimmick, I'm pretty sure there was a, a section where he like vomited over people and that, weren't it? There was a bit yeah, that where was he in, like, the, in the video promo, yeah, yeah, it was fucking over over Bischoff and that. Um, pretty quick question, pretty. Quick uh, question. Yeah. Where does the Wolfpack theme rank for you? Oh, dude, it's well up there. Don't it turn your back on the red and black. Absolute fire, that is. Yeah, mate. Absolutely. What a, what a tune that is. That is, re- I mean, fair play to Jimmy Hart, who has a credit on that as well. Yeah. He has a credit on pretty much all the WCW songs, but yeah, what a what a song that is. Um, 
Scott Hall throws some drink into the face of Kevin Nash to get the advantage. Um, he's playing. He's playing drunk possum as he as he comes in. Yeah. So they're they're even saying, "No, look, you know, he's got a drink with him. We don't know what it is. They're assuming it's vodka or or whatever or gin or whatever because it's like a clear thing." And well, I think they were selling it was alcohol. Obviously, when he threw it in his face. Yeah, he does throw it in Nash's face. He beats him up, then gets on the mic and says, "Hey, yo." Uh, Nash is bleeding from the mouth after we're literally one minute. So something happened in that first skirmish. Uh, yeah, it must have been a been an accidental hit because it's yeah. Uh, he was bleeding quite a lot from his mouth. Not necessarily a, a blade job sort of position, but no, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, now Nash bumping like I've never seen in my life. Good. That is. I mean, he was for punches, no less. In, like in, and yeah. I've got um, down here, Scott Hall for me has got probably one of the best punches in the business ever. Yeah. Him and Bret Hart, for me, him and Bret Hart, there's no one that can really punch like these two. For sure, yeah. Um, Nash, uh, yeah, has a, has a busted mouth. Not really sure where it happened. It happened pretty quickly. Um, he's mocking, he starts mocking Hall's drinking whilst he's beating him up, which... I don't know. It's not. It's not great, is it? No. Um, this this match doesn't get going as well. Something that, that bothered me as well. This was a grudge match that just didn't really get going at all. This is as they're selling it. This is the best tag team of the era in WCW that have fallen out and that are going against each other. This is brother versus brother. This is probably. You know, this is like Steiner versus Steiner, and on, on this, Stevie Ray, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like this, this is on this pay per view alone, they have got three matches at least that should have been fucking incredible. You should, uh, you Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner should have been an absolute slobber knocker. Um, you've got. This match, which is literally brother versus brother, Scott Hall versus Kevin Nash, the insiders, the guys that started the NWO going going against each other. This should have been just incredible. This should have been a show-stopping match. Um, And then, obviously, you've got Hogan and Warrior, which we'll talk about coming up, um, which is, you know, Hogan versus the bloody Warrior. I mean, how with three matches like that even on the card, how can you fuck it up so bad? I don't. It, yeah, it's it is a shame. Uh, Nash hits two jackknife power bombs on a hall, and does a couple of crotch chops and walks out. And Hall wins by count out. It's like it's almost like Nash proved the point. And yeah, and he, he kept on. Yeah, when he was mocking him, he was like, "Oh, do you want a double? You want a double? Yeah. You know?" And he was doing there. It was kind of it was a bit like but on the bad line. Taste. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, he, he walks off and leaves him in the ring. I'll give the WWE Network some credit for a change. They've cut out Conan's music video, um, so we don't have to go sit for it. Yeah, <laughs> they cut it out. <laughs> and they skip us straight on to Bret Hart and Sting for the US title. This no, is- you're missing out the Nitro girls in colourful wigs. I don't think I missed it. And then Bobby Heenan says they're, they're dressing like Lodi. <laughs> I know it's just it's it's Bobby to be in Bobby. Yeah, man, it's great. 
But yeah, Hart and Sting. Sting is part of the Wolfpack. He's in the red and black. He looks like the devil. It's, it's a good look, to be honest. Is Hart in the black and white? He is part of the movie at this point. He's not using the music, though. It's no. Almost like he's one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, I was going to say, because I think he was in the white and black at this point. Um, what would you have done with Brett in WCW? He's a US champion at this point. He's coming off, he was coming off one of the hottest stories in, you know, in 97. He was probably one of the best wrestlers in 97. In 98, he's all over the place. This is a question that I have pondered for, for a while as well, because as we've probably said in previous episodes, Brett the Hitman Hart for me is way up there as one of my favourite wrestlers. It's very difficult to say I have a favourite wrestler, but just for pure talent in the ring, wrestling-wise, when you watch Brett Hart in the ring, you can suspend your disbelief to the point where you think, this is real. Um, And that is why I love Brett. This is why his signature that I've got on his um, DVD is one of my prized possessions. Brett for me, is is still the fucking man, um, and it it the the gimmick that he's got still here. They're trying to still continue this whole uh, kind of sour grapes, bitter Brett, who is a heel kind of character, um, telling fans to fuck off and stuff. He does. Yeah, um, you get a close up of Brett telling the fans to fuck off. Yeah, which is which is crazy, but there's still signs in. No matter how healy you try and make Bret Hart, there is still signs in the crowd that say Bret Hart is the execute excellence of everything, you know. And you 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 can't. I, I think maybe they should have. I mean, maybe they should have tried to turn him face, you know, and tried to. If if we're being honest, he should have come in in ninety seven slash ninety eight and gone straight after the world title. He could have Hogan and Sting. Yeah, and and should have said, you know, look, look you know, because the NWO was hot at this time, and he could have been what Sting was kind of at the beginning of when the NWO started, which was your uber super face, um, you know, crowd pleaser, kids love him, yeah, um, kind of fucking you know, uber super face that, that that could have just put a cat amongst the pigeons with the NWO, but instead they incorporated him in the NWO. And partly the reason probably is because Hogan didn't want to... Yeah, Hogan didn't does. want... That's nail on the head. He didn't want it, you know? And that Brett should have been... Again, he could have been the face of the company. He should have been the the, the face of the company, you know? Yeah, he, they should have made another Heart Foundation. I mean, uh, Neidhart turns up, don't he, as well? Neidhart and Bulldog, yeah, they turn up, but it doesn't doesn't work. It doesn't really, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I I do think that they should have they they should have pushed him as as the Uber face. He, like you say, as soon as he came in, I mean, fuck, think about this, dude. Brett the Hitman Heart has just come into your company, and what do you do to him? You 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 incorporate him into something that was kind of not his thing you know i mean i i still don't think that sting joining the nwo was the best thing but. i think it was it was refreshing for sting to do it i think you know sting had done his whole black and white thing for well since 96 
So it was mid, like it was like the summer of '98 where he, <clears throat> had, yeah, gone join the Wolfpack like with Luger and stuff, you know. But yeah, I thought it was a nice change for him. Uh, the commentary booth were sort of like playing up there. They're so evenly matched these two. Yeah, you know, mainly due to the Scorpion Deathlock and the Sharpshooter, I reckon. Well, which is basically the same move. Um, yeah. The crowd reaction for the Scorpion Deathlock was really good, though, uh, when Sting tried to put it on. Uh, Brett does a lot of stalling early on, lots of chicken shit heel stuff, trying to run away. Yeah. Yeah. Like... I mean, he would, he would play. I, I actually, to be fair, in all that I'm saying that they should have uh, pushed him as the super uber face, I actually like a heel Brett Hart because a heel Brett Hart not only. He knows the psychology of the business and he knows things. Even the fact that when his music was playing, he took about two minutes before he emerged. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? His music was playing for ages and then he came out and he's telling fans to fuck off and all this. And he's, you know, he's playing possum and stuff and, you know, pulling uh, international objects out of his trunks. International objects. Um, you know, and a, a heel Bret Hart not only does hit chicken shit, um, heel stuff he can actually back it up with wrestling as well so i actually enjoy watching a heel bret hart because he can actually work it really well because he's bret fuck say something but yeah that's uh <laughs> he's bret hart the best literally the best there is the best of and the best there ever will be he's a great great wrestler way up there uh, bret pulls out some some sort of knuckle duster type thing yeah uh drops them in like in great booking, he does drop them, um, and then a Sting has like retrieved them and turns his back. What do we get? Another low fucking blow. Yeah, we get a ref bump. We get an awful ref bump. Uh, yeah, Sting just throws a wayward elbow, which hits Billy Silverman in the head. He falls to the ground. So Brett, I think this is Brett ad libbing. Just leg drops him just to finish the point and go, yeah, he's out now, the fucker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He does. Yeah, because he needs him to be out for a little bit longer. Yeah, he needs to sell that he's on been a hit. shitty elbow. That's right. He needs to actually do it so then he can go and do what he does next. Um, Sting has to tell the referee to, sh to move because he's in the way of the next spot. So, and I think everyone's sort of cottoned onto this. They see the ref shuffling over like an idiot. And yeah, but you get a few still, booze, and I think that's probably for the ref. Yeah, and he would still remain in the way for another he spot still, that's coming yeah, up. He would still land the superplex on Unbelievable. the legs. <laughs> they should have but, just booted him out. I mean, Brett gets the bat after after the um after this, he gets the bat and he just starts battering. Sting with the with the baseball. Bat. Yeah, so Sting misses the Stinger splash. Oh, he hits the Stinger splash, but he ends up hitting his head on the uh, on the ring post. Yeah, because Brett kind of slips down a little bit out of the way, and he hits his head on the on the corner post, which is pretty good. I liked it. And Brett absolutely lays waste to Sting with the bat. Um, and instead of pinning him, he puts him in the sharpshooter, and the ref uh, the ref checks his arm three times. He drops. He calls it, and then Sting does a stretcher job which is, you know, I suppose, fair play for selling it. He could have just got up and walked out like most of the others do. That's right. No, he sold it. He really yeah. sold it. 
which is quite good. Um, and then we move on to this match, which is holy shit, like one of the worst matches I've ever seen. It was it was absolutely piss poor. To be honest, I, I was wishing this one went on last and didn't end up going on TV. <laughs> For once, I wanted Hogan to go on last. Um, it is it's Hollywood Hogan against our second place winner of the ICO Pro Award for today. Um, it is the Warrior. He is jacked as fuck. But yeah, it's uh, he, sec- he finishes second because it's Scott Steiner. Yeah. Uh, Hogan comes out, lots of stalling, lots of, you know, sort of healing it up with the crowd. Uh, the Warriors' tassel count is through the roof. I've got that on here. Tassel count on Warrior is high. <laughs> In case we forgot who the baby face is. That's right. Um, oh, God, yeah. Um, so many points. <laughs> so I'm, many I'm, points. Yeah, I haven't got... They do the test of strength. It's, you know, they sort of repeat some of the stuff they did from 1990, which is fine. But you know, everyone chucks a bit was, of their first match in the, the rematch. But yeah, but it was just fucking boring, man. There's too many like arm ringers. Um, you know, like you say, it was just played out shit, man. It could, you know, but neat. But the thing is, it, it, it just wasn't very good because they couldn't really. They didn't really work well together. There was not really... I mean, I hate to say it, and people are going to say, oh, you know, he could. But, I mean, Hogan... There are matches of Hogan in, in Japan where he was actually wrestling, wrestling. Yeah, of course. Um, and, I, you know, I'm sure he had certain skills, but the Warrior wasn't great. So when you put two people that are not great together, you're not going to have a great match. And no, I think they they sort of... It might have got lucky with that first one. I think so. I, 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 but I think it was just the time. I think it was the, the time that it was, was what made the match. You know, this is like fucking Randy the Ram and the Ayatollah in the wrestler having their second, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just a big rematch. Yeah, it just weren't, it, it just weren't the same. Uh, we get another ref bump. Um, oh, and Hogan God. knees the ref as well, again. Yeah, he knees the ref, like, but this isn't like what we just spoke about with Brett doing it to sort of make sure the ref was out. This was just, I don't know, it's weird. It's Hogan being being heel, and it wasn't... He was copying Brett. Yeah, it did no effect. Uh, Hogan calls for his pals. The giant ends up kicking Hogan with a big boot by mistake. Yeah, he gets clotheslined out by the warrior. Uh, I think a couple of other NWO guys come down. Uh, Vincent, maybe. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Vincent and uh, Stevie Ray. Yeah. Um, Hogan ends up using the uh, weight belt that he uh, he has on Warrior. Ah, uh, oh, here we go. This is a good bit. Um, Warrior log rolls out of the way and ends up tripping Hogan over. Um, what a spot. <laughs> what an incredible spot that is. Because he, he rolls out of the way of two elbow drops and then rolls the opposite way. He comes back and, and, and Hogan, trips yeah, him up. Hogan goes over it. And, it's it's oh. pretty good. Um, it's bad. 
Um, uh, it, well, it's so bad, it's good. That's why. Um, I mean, I've got here as well. I've also put it right in the beginning. I was just saying it said boring, and then now it's just like this is a terrible match. This is just, yeah, it's, it's terrible. It really I mean, can I ask you a question as well? Go for it. Right. Here we go. What the fuck was supposed to happen with the flash fire paper? I what, get what the was... feeling that that was meant to be part of the ending. If right. it wasn't, I don't know what's going on. That, that's what because... I couldn't get because I, I just couldn't... Um... I'm trying to think because there's a little bit of chatter after it. So obviously something was supposed to happen, but who wins this match? Okay. Um, it, it, all right. So, but basically Hogan pulls out this, you know, the fire paper and lights yeah, the light paper, up, yeah. the flash paper, but it doesn't go anywhere near it has the warrior. It seen to be believed because Hogan freely admits that he burns his own eyebrows off. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable how he fucks this up. It was so bad. Um, and then there's a little bit... Um, the warrior then comes off the top with a double axe handle on Hogan. Hogan's bleeding. Then there's the low blow by Hogan and the leg drop. And then we get like the demise of the warrior where, or, or well, he actually, he gets the leg drop, but he no sells it. Yeah. And then he clotheslines the Hulk. Bad production misses that because they're too yeah. looking at Horace in the entranceway. Correct. Correct. So there's the leg drop, no sells it. Uh, the warrior does his like shaking the ropes and that um, hits Hogan with three clotheslines and you think, oh great, okay, warrior's coming back, and then Horace gets in, fucking hits warrior with the chair. Hogan gets the one, two, three. It was just like you say, it was. I, I, I'm still trying to see where maybe they sent Horace out with the chair because the flash paper didn't work. I don't. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they called it on the fly, but. Oh boy. Yeah. That was rough. Um, Horace ends up squirting lighter fluid on warrior after the match. Um, instead of having a top star come out and end this, they send in their, well, someone who's got a promising future ahead of him, security, Doug Dillinger. Yeah. They could have sent anyone out there to give him a rub to put a stop to this. Yeah, Literally but... anyone. It, they sent again, out fucking Lodi. Lodi would yeah. have been an instant baby face. The, but the, this is where Bret Hart would have come in because you needed... But, we, we, we've spoke about this before. When you've got a heel faction, you need like a face faction. You need something to keep thwarting the other you need that dynamic so if brett would have come in and been that super uber face like champion you know you could have had your couple of baby faces come out yeah and and put a stop to it you know and then even the warrior and, and brett hart then you could have a match against hogan and fucking horace or whatever but you know what i'm saying like instead security doug dillinger is the man to stop everything i'm surprised he didn't get a push after this yeah, we, <laughs> it's WCW, late 90s. Anything can happen, bro. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, 
and yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's, let's put an end to that. That was, I mean, that was hideous because next up it is. But it should have been better. Event. Yeah, it should have been better. This is Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior rematch. I mean, fucking hell. It's come, you had... it's come, it's come seven years too late. They should have rematched at WrestleMania 7. Oh, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they should have. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's quite an interesting, quite an interesting Eric Bischoff bit where he's talking about how he met the warrior and he was talking about four hours with him about how he wanted a warrior cartoon and all this and yeah. telling him about the warrior universe and the one warrior nation and all this kind of stuff but I mean after this where the fuck what happened to the warrior in WCW uh, that would be it I think that would be he might have made an, one more appearance but I I'm pretty sure right the warrior made 500 grand off this one show alone. More than likely. Half a mil, bro. I'm pretty sure it was close to that. And the way Bischoff sells it, he said, look, we were making per pay-per-view off buy rates and tickets and merchandise and that. We were probably making, uh, you know, a mil and a half off them or whatever. He said, so 300 grand, I think it was, between 300 and 500 grand, he said, to try something with the Warrior. He said we were still doing making bank off that anyway. He said so. Yeah. We we tried it, and it didn't really come off. But I mean, was it the Warriors' fault it didn't work? Probably not. No, um, I, think, I think there's a lot of problems in, involved in that match, and just, yeah, it yeah. takes more than one cook to spoil the broth. In this case, yeah. You know what I mean? But Hogan had to get his win back, didn't he? Of course he did. Hogan doing Hogan things. So in Hogan this case, with the broth, as you were talking about, it only took one Hogan to piss in the broth. That's right. There you <laughs> That's go. fucking correct. Um, Michael Buffer is out. And it's main, main event, event time. It is right. a proper main event. It's our heavyweight title match. It's DDP and Goldberg. This has, maybe because of Michael Buffer, it has a big fight feel to it. It is Vegas. It is a big match. It's got everything you need. DDP comes running through the fans. He is the man of the people. He's the people's champion. Heard yeah. that somewhere before, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially around 1998, we'd heard exactly, this somewhere yeah. before. Um, Goldberg gets his uh, his entrance with, like, you know, surrounded by security and stuff like that, which is funny because it's almost like, you know, you look at the especially now like UFC and boxing entrances, you know, they, they get shown coming from, you know, their actual dressing room to the, you know, to the entranceway flanked by security and, you know, their, their team as such. And yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good thing. Like entrance, big pops for both. It's, it's a proper main event. You, you know, you know who I think started that shit, bro? Go on. Prince Nazim Hamed fam. Well, Naz had colourful entrances. Yeah, I'm, I think people like would come out and dance and stuff beforehand. But yeah, Naz Naz had the wildest of entrances. Like, I love Prince Nazim Hamed, man. Including we, the Halloween one as well, didn't he? Like, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. He um, he, and he had he had other boxers complaining and bitching and moaning that he was taking too long with his entrances, well, especially this is one it. time. Yeah, it was like it was they would complain that like. They could be waiting up to twenty minutes before, like whilst they were in the ring waiting for Nassim to get through his entrance. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, one time it wasn't his fault. There was a problem with the pyro and the, the thing coming down, but it was the guy was bitching. <laughs> was it moment. the magic carpet? 
He's fucking crazy. I love Nazim Hamed, man. Jeez. Yeah, ab- absolute. Um, you know, I've got I've him. got some merch, bro. Oh, we've got merch, and it is a WCW Bruisers Diamond Dallas Page from slightly later when they changed. If you can see, yeah, the logo's the, the logo's gone. The like the different logo. So this is from 1999. So literally the year later, um, this is one of my prized possessions, a DDP bruises, mint on card, never been opened, fucking figure, love it. And I love Diamond Dallas Page. Do you remember how much you paid off. for it? Huh? Do you remember how much you paid for it? Not a lot, bro. Uh, not a lot, man. I think it was under 15 quid. And uh, where did you get it? Uh, eBay. Yeah, good old eBay. There we go. Good old eBay. And it's still got the vivid, because it was a, a US import, it's still got the vivid imaginations import sticker on it. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Big up Diamond Dallas Page. I'd love to interview that guy, man. Jesus. And, well, yeah, so... Uh, sorry, as well, quickly. DDP won the War Games at Fulbrook to become. He won, the... he won this, this different version of War Games, which was, you know, the winner of War Games got the title shot, which was very strange for War Games. It used to be just to be a team battle, but yeah, he did. He won that in a probably one of the worst War Games I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> now, from everything that WCW got wrong towards you know the end, they got. How did they get this one so right? Goldberg. Goldberg, I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, fucking hell. They built him perfectly. Yeah, but then they fucking killed him in in the worst way, bro. Like, I still... It's Starcade. I, I still think that that was probably one of the biggest mistakes. Whoever made that call Nasty. should have their... They should Nash have was, as many. Nash was booking. Yeah, well, I mean, Nash, whoever made the call should have as many low blows done to him as was done <laughs> to Rick Steiner on this event. Nut shots everywhere. Nut shot city, bro. Um, Goldberg was at this point 154 and 0. Yeah. I mean, fuck me. And it's and probably it's fair, probably a kayfabe number. I don't think you'd have. Oh, that oh I, yeah. I think it was a kayfabe number. Yeah, I mean, every week on Nitro they'd have him squash someone. Um, you know, it was definitely a kayfabe number. But the the fact that he was, you know, and his entrance and everything with the with the the, the fireworks and the breathing out. I mean, I'm not being funny. Um, can't have been healthy for him to be breathing in and breathing out that smoke. No, uh, Bill Goldberg. So, you know, and he, he was, they were set, they, the, the commentary team was selling it. They're saying, look, you know, who, who did he play football for? He played football in the NFL. Uh, it was Falcons, it was Atlanta. That's it, oh, Falcons. Yeah. And he was saying, yeah, we were speaking to someone else who uh, uh, played with him at the Falcons and said that they used to wrestle in the dressing room. Yeah. And uh, they <laughs> said, oh, you know, why aren't you in the ring? They said, no, this guy's crazy. You know, Goldberg was enough. the shit. He was the shit. Yeah, he was. He was great. Actually, I've got a bit more merchandise. Hold Can tight, we... people. There's Hold more. Hold tight. Right? Uh, I've got 
I've done this quite a bit recently, like going away from my seat during the podcast, but... Um, He's not just going is, to take a pee. He's actually come back with batch. Yeah, this is a WCW um, flip and twist gun, right? So it's like a I've little gun. I've seen these thing. before. Yeah, they're pretty weird. And and you can spin, look, and it's got Goldberg in it. So you can <laughs> just that about see. You know what I mean? That is, this I mean, that's a, weird, that's a weird toy, but like it's it's hilarious. <laughs> And there you go. There you have it. Um, and you get a little Goldberg figure there as well. That's good stuff. And it's, it's got the belt at the, you know, on the front. The WCW belt. So it's guy, got a little yeah. spinny thing that spins the guy. And then you've got the little trigger that goes left and right. And you can spin. and. So there you go. There's another little bit of bonus merch there. I mean, it's, bit it, bonus it's, a, it's a strange toy, but it's yeah, yeah. definitely. And then you got Goldberg, and he's the look, squeeze his legs and his arms. You know what I mean? He starts waving. I'm not sure what he's doing there. <laughs> so there you go. This is just you know we love it. Wrestle crap. Goldberg, Goldberg. All right, enough. I could play with toys all day. Um, they do play on the fact that Goldberg's stronger in this. Uh, you know, he's easily just he's brushing DDP off in all the lockups. Um, DDP starts to get frustrated, and they end up whilst in their collar and elbow going through the middle rope, which I thought was pretty good. I thought that was a was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, Goldberg does a backflip when. DDP tries to sweep his legs. Crazy. And he's your heavyweight champion. He shouldn't be doing backflips, should he? Let's be honest, but there he is. <laughs> it's pretty yep. bad. Um, That's almost as crazy as Brock Lesnar doing a shooting star press at WrestleMania 19. It is. It is almost as mad as that. That was uh, another crazy one. But it's, yeah, it's this match has, it's, it's so frantic. It's like DDP's, there's actually a story to the match. It's really well like put out. DDP knows that Goldberg's you know, way stronger than he is. He's got a sort of stick and move. He's got to hit him quick. And they, they do it really well. It's not, it's not a long match. It's, you know, Goldberg and long matches didn't go together at all at this point in WCW. But, yeah, I, I think this is probably my favourite match on the show. Uh, I, I would I would say so. I mean, I I did like um, the Bret Hart Sting match. I thought was quite good as well, even though it might not have been the best match. Um, but yeah, this was. I would also have to say, I mean, what would you say? Would you say this is uh, Goldberg's probably his best match that he had up to this point easily? If I'm thinking back. Then probably yeah. I mean, his his match with Raven for the US title on Nitro was really good, but they used a lot of shortcuts. They used a lot of interference and weapons and stuff like that. So I, I would go. I would yeah. I would say this one's probably better than that. Yeah, as a straight match, like you say. Um, and I would think that DDP worked quite closely with him for a while before this to make yeah, sure they that probably this, laid this one out pretty uh, 100% yeah. um, 
you know, and like you say, the way it was worked was really good. I really loved the fact that uh, he goes for the spear and he whacks his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and he's selling that he's only got because then you're still keeping your fact that the champion, you can only really beat him if he's got an injury kind of thing. You know, it's yeah, one he's, of them. He's finally, there's finally a vulnerability there. And yes, even then he still powers through and spears him anyway. Yeah. And he spears him and he spears him. There's a huge pop on the spear. This is where, I mean, these two are over like fuck. Like, oh, proper. Both of them. Yeah. He sells the shoulder after the spear, goes for the jackhammer. DDP spins out because the the story is the diamond car can get hit from anywhere. He does hit that diamond car. It's again, my favorite favorite part of the match, dude. When again, after the spear, pop. oh, dude, it was phenomenal. And at this point, the crowd would have been happy to see DDP win. I think at that point, I think so yeah. Um, the eleven year old version of me remembers this very well, watching it on that Nitro episode. Um, <laughs> and uh and yeah i thought it was done i thought he was finished i was a big goldberg fan as a, as a child you know and like i said i was into everything that goldberg did you know back then he was he was the man and yeah i thought i genuinely thought it was done when uh he hit the diamond cutter but it was a two count ddp took a little too long to cover him yeah DDP makes his biggest mistake next. He goes for a suplex, which gets reversed into a jackhammer. And it's uh, 155 and 0 for Goldberg. That's right. DDP does really well here. You know, I, I would have preferred it if DDP had broke the streak at Starcade. They could have rematched. It was, it was good enough for a rematch. They didn't have to stick Nash in. Yep. But yep. Nash even said it in a promo, whether you like it or not, he's next. He, he goes, yeah, and... He booked it himself. So, it, 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 I, but that is, this is why I still believe to this day you cannot have active wrestlers on your roster booking matches, bro. You can't have it because they're always. But they they got to be working first or second. Yeah, but that but they, they can't be in the main event pushing themselves for for titles. <laughs> And and killing fucking streaks and shit, bro. It's you can't have it. You know, uh, there was a great sign as well. Just to add, there was a sign that said "Getting Oldberg," uh, which I thought was fucking great. Um, I mean, I I can like you. I can a hundred percent concur with you that if anyone was going to break the streak after a match like this, it should have been DDP at Starcade in the rematch. Um, you know, and, and it, that would have been great. In the rematch, they can have their third one, you know, later on as well. It makes more sense for them to do it that way. Well, dude, at this point, WWE or WWF at this point were having the Stone Cold Rock feud. Yeah. Could have so gone parallel, yeah. It could have gone parallel with DDP and Goldberg. Um, you know, it, and, and it could have been done. And like, you know, I sing the praises of DDP constantly because I, I really like him. I like his character. I love the way that he, he would work in the ring. Um, I love the fact that he got into the business when he was slightly older. So, you know, he, he, he paid his dues and he had to come in and, you know, and it's, I mean, Paige just, yeah, it, 
it was it was just great, man. I mean, we've seen the song his praises, the matches he's had with Johnny B. Bad, really amazing matches he's had with him, you know. And Paige, whoever he he, he wrestled with, I always was impressed with him every time. It's I love great. DDP. Throw your diamonds up. <laughs> and that's uh, that's our that's our Halloween Havoc event. 1998, done and dusted, another one in the books. It was uh, ranging from excellent to terrible in matches. It was a roller coaster for sure. <laughs> it was. I mean, again, it's there's so there was so much going on. If if you don't believe some of the stuff we're talking about, go and check it out. Especially that Hogan Warrior match. I can't recommend that enough. Um, <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. I tried. I couldn't say it with a straight face. Um, if you're going to check anything out, check out DDP and Goldberg. That is an incredible match to go back and watch. Yeah, I mean, watch the whole event if you can. You know, this is what we 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 love doing. I mean, we 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 talk about these events and we go through it and that, but really, it's kind of like an accompaniment to then for people to go back and go. Do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go back and watch this and kind of. You know, see see what's happening and just have their own take on it. And, and that's, uh, that's it. You know, if you think we're right, you know, tell us that we're right. If you think we're chatting shit, tell us we're chatting shit. I don't care. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with it. That's right. We love, we love the interaction. We love the comments. We love chatting with people on Twitter, on Instagram, even Facebook. You know, I'm not I'm not a big Facebook guy, but you know, Chris, I know you like Facebook. Yeah, man, I'll I'll respond to people if they come into the uh, chat grapple and cheap pops. Uh, group on Facebook. We want. We need some more people added in there. And uh, um, as well as that, you know, the, the, the YouTube comments. You know, we get a few YouTube comments here and there. They're always nice to see, and we like to respond to all of them. You know, that's definitely the, the bot comments of you know meeting God knows who. You know, <laughs> hot mums one hundred and one <laughs> and all that. <laughs> yeah. We don't respond to them, but no. You know, it's it's great. You know, as always, feel free to chat to us with our lines of communication are pretty open. You know, we, we can be busy at times, but like I said, this is a, a delayed Halloween special, but it's a good Halloween special. Yeah, dude. You know, we, we're still keeping on keeping on because sometimes life happens and because we're not uh this isn't like our, our full-time job you know we're not full-time youtubers we've got other stuff you know that we we have to do um but we we will keep on keeping on because we love it and we are at the moment trying to contact various wrestlers that we would love to interview on here because we're trying to push out some different type of content maybe sometimes you don't want to listen to a whole pay-per-view being broken down for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever you might want to hear certain wrestlers that were on these pay-per-views talking about their lives, their careers, what they did then, what they're doing now. Yeah. And uh, we're currently trying to contact a few people. It's extremely difficult to get hold of these interviews. Sometimes we wonder how some of these other um, guys get hold of so many wrestlers and get them to do interviews. It's crazy, man. Um, but yeah, we, we're, we're trying, we're trying to get hold of a few people. We're trying to get them to jump on. Uh, which I think is what our next step is, isn't it, Jay? We're trying to. Uh, it yeah. would seem that way, yeah. We seem to, you know, we we are chasing a few a uh, few shadows at the minute, but you know, and when we get one, we'll we'll lock them down and hold hold them to talking to us for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, maybe not an hour and a half, but yeah, we're definitely uh, 
we're definitely looking to do that. And, and obviously, we're talking about doing some other more bite-sized stuff. So maybe we're going to take, you know, um, a match or a situation, you know, um, or, you know, for example, we could do an episode, a specific one on the click or a specific well, one for, on... For instance, we could have we could have easily booked DDP and Goldberg's trilogy. Like, that could have gone... Yeah. Yeah, we could have we could have done that. We you know we still might. Yeah, you know, it could be could be fun. Um, yeah, man. But let me uh, let me remind everyone that we are on Insta, Twitter, Facebook. You know, it is at Track Grapple Pops for the Twitter and Instagram. You can't miss us there. Remember, if you like it, hit the like button. Do do us all a favor. Do yourselves a favor. Do your families a favor. Hit the subscribe button. Do us a subscribe, man. Do us a subscribe. Hit it the it's, bell. It's, it's free, man. It's, and in this time of furlough, you won't need to spend none of your money, man. Just, exactly. To listen to us is free. It's free. Know, we ain't no got no, no Patreon, no hidden content, nothing. Just click that subscribe. It is We say no hidden free. content, but Chris is probably days away from starting his OnlyFans account. So... <laughs> Yeah, dude, where you can see me like, um, like uh, fantasy booking matches with my figures. Uh, that'll be that's all you'll get on my OnlyFans. You ain't gonna get no, um, you know, no dick pics or nothing like that. It will literally be just me like fantasy booking DDP and uh, Goldberg with figures. So yeah, it's like that's a that's a quick reminder where you can catch us. Um, you know where to find us. We are on on literally all of the podcasting <laughs> all of the podcast sites and youtube that's right you know you Goldberg, can't tell them podfree spotify right deezer castbox google podcasts amazon podcast on every podcast available if goldberg says it you better do it you better do you it better him and also down. That's right. Subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> and that, I guess that would be it from us. Um, we haven't even got close to deciding what we're doing next week or, you know, the next episode. Yeah, no, we... Oh, no, I we mean, did. We did. We did, didn't we? Did we? We spoke like a few days ago. I've totally forgotten about it until right this second. It's uh, it's King of the Ring. Oh, yeah, dude. King of the Ring. What one did we decide King we were going to go... 94. 94 that's yeah. right wwf king of the ring 94 yes so keep your keep your mince pies open for that one yes um and yeah i for me jb el gringo loco and that's right good man chris dread el guapo <laughs> or el skeletoro as my sister calls me cheeky bitch uh, we thank you for <laughs> sticking around we thank you for staying awake or not or if you're just waking up you know, rewind. That's and, right. Uh, we'll see you next week. Stay safe in, if you're in lockdown. Stay home. <laughs>